You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. But the title of my message this morning is Territory Takers. Everybody say Territory Takers. Another title I had was Battle Belongs. Um, So a little bit about me. I grew up in our church. I started coming when I was 12 years old. Uh, Shout out to anyone in youth. Come on. Youth was a very essential and powerful time of life for me. Um, I came from a broken, very loving, but broken home. And through youth, God was able to disciple me. He was able to empower me with the Holy Spirit and really release me into the call uh, that was on my life. So youth ministry is so important. If you have a teenager, uh, if you have kids, get them involved because their life is going to transform. Like Pastor Vince said, it takes a village to bring the transformation of God. Um, But in middle school, I met Dakota Johnson. Let's go who runs our uh, Awaken Event Center here at Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. And um, we met in middle school. Uh, she started coming to our church. We ended up running a club, um, a youth club that we had every week. We'd invite people to come to, to church. And it was at that time that I also met Nathaniel Ornelia, who's leading worship. Yeah, Nathaniel. quickly became one of my best friends. Um, He used to always wear the Celtics hat and uh, tank top. That's what he wore every time, but he could ball on you. And he has the voice of Justin Bieber, but better. So it's like a mix between Fergie and Jesus, I hear. That's... um, But just such such incredible friends. Um, And through that club... God began to speak to me. He began to awaken some vision that he had in in my heart. Um, And that's where Anthony Johnson, also known as the Cocoa Bear, started coming to um, Awaken Church, started coming. I met Heidi in high school as well, Heidi Ornelia. So it's really awesome to see God will always use family to bring transformation. In fact, family was God's idea. God is three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's already family. The Bible says that we're made in his image. So our image alone as human beings is the image of family. It's the image of unity. So God always thinks family-minded. One of the fun things that we liked to do growing up was we liked to play capture the flag. um, But we didn't just play normal capture the flag. We played four in the morning capture the flag. (laughs) So every year for my birthday, I would get 20 guys. And I'm not even exaggerating. When I say 20 literally 20 guys, would stay at my house in my room that was about half the size of the stage, and we would just run around the city. We'd go see movies at midnight, but one of the games that we loved to play was capture the flag, and we'd love to make our neighbors mad. We'd be loud, but capture the flag, the best part about it is your goal is to take territory from the enemy's team, so you need to go infiltrate their base, infiltrate their camp, take what was theirs, and establish it as yours. And that is what I feel that God is doing at Awakened Church, Salt Lake City. He's awakening a generation of territory takers who aren't just going to settle with the status quo. They're not just going to settle with the climate, the atmosphere of their city, but they're actually going to take territory that God has called them to. I believe you guys are territory takers. Come on. Um, if you have your Bibles, if you're a Christian, you have your Bible. If not, we'll pray for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If, if you don't have your Bible, it's okay. We have a fat, big eyeball up here. So if you have your Bible, go to Genesis 12. Everyone, oh, that's a cool background. All right, Genesis 12. Okay, it says, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, 
and go to the land that I will show you. Next verse. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. That's going to offend some people, right? God says, I'm going to make you famous. The religious spirit would be like, oh my gosh, famous? No. (laughs) But it's actually for his name. Next verse says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. There's that family theme again. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Lot is his nephew. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Next verse. He took his wife Sarai. She was cute. His nephew Lot and all his wealth, which at the time was like goats and, you know, he had all of it. His livestock, see, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran. And he headed in the land of Canaan. And uh, when they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shem. I'm just going to say Shem. There he set up camp, if you can fact check me later. There he set up camp, don't at me, beside the Oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. I love this because, first thing I love about this is that God is legacy minded. He doesn't just say, Abram, I'm going to send you. You're going to take territory that's going to be great. He says, I'm going to take you and your family. And for generations, you will inhabit that land. For generations, you're going to prosper in this land that I've given you. God wasn't just thinking about Abram's current circumstance. He was thinking about the legacy that he wanted to leave in Abram. And so maybe it can be hard when things go down. It can be hard when you lose your job. It can be hard when you are in an area that it doesn't look like you're seeing the blessing of God. But I'm telling you, when you step out and follow his voice, his blessing is not just going to bless you, but it's going to bless your family and generations to come. And I love it as well because God gives a promise. We all know men who have broken their word. You know, they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this deal with you or I'll, I'll come see you then or I'll take, take care of you here. But God never breaks his word. When God makes a covenant, that's unbreakable. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. So this promise is binding. So the first thing is, and I, first thing that we're going to talk about today is that Abraham had to take the territory that God had given him. He says here in the Bible that the land was occupied by Canaanites, which is interesting because we think, well, God gave Abram the land. Why is there Canaanites in there? Why wouldn't it be empty Why wouldn't the milk and honey already be flowing? The high team is there waving them in. They got the cafe giving them coffee already. But when God gives you territory, you have to take it still. You still have to actually step out into the territory that he's given you. There's actually a level of warfare. Does that mean he hasn't given it to you? No. But there's a level of warfare that, that God has required for you to take the land that he's given you. Come on, is anyone receiving that this morning? So my first point is that it was already occupied. Uh, we're in the microwave generation. At least I can say for myself, I'm 23. I'm used to like, okay, order it. It's here right now. I don't know, around Christmas time, you guys order something on Amazon. You're like, why is it not here? It's been five minutes. I had Amazon Prime overnight shipping. What is going on? We're used to things instant. I ask for it, it's here, you know? And there's, technology's awesome. There's something great about being expectant for something to happen now. Um, But we need to understand that sometimes there's a process in order for us to see what God has called us to have. 
Sometimes we have to allow ourselves to walk through the process, go through the process, trusting God that he hasn't changed, that the promise hasn't changed, that the word of God hasn't changed. Sometimes we see our circumstance change and we think, oh, the word of God changed. But God's promise doesn't change based off our circumstance. He stays the same. And guess what? Through this process, he's trying to get something in you that's not just going to bless you, but bless the other people that you're called to minister to. God has the legacy mindset. He's looking for the long term. What territory has God given you? What territory has he promised you? Is it the marketplace? Are you meant to go out, take ground in the marketplace? Come on, shout out to Pathfinders. Let's go. Pathfinders, you guys are amazing out here. I, I see God's doing something incredible. Are you called to take territory in Pathfinders? Are you called to reach the people that would never step foot in a church on their own will? Are you called to build the kingdom, to build buildings, to establish real estate for the kingdom of God? Are you called to enlarge your tent, just like Abraham had to do, to bring other people in? Is that your calling? Are you called to, to ministry in the four, four walls of the church? Are you called to equip and empower the saints to stand in, in, in their calling? What is the call that God has for you? What land has God assigned to you? That is the ultimate call that we could have is to step into the territory that God has given us. So fast forward here, the Israelites go through a lot between this promise that God has given them and until they actually step foot in the promised land. So they get enslaved. That's a little bit of an inconvenience, I would say. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. That could be like a, well, okay, I'm heading to the promised land and wow, I'm a slave now for generations. That wasn't God's original plan. That was, you know, some, the Israelites had some stuff in their heart that they needed to deal with. <laughs> in order to step into the promised land. And God will sometimes need to change some things in our minds and our hearts in order for us to receive what he's got. Um, but it wasn't until there was a brave man named Moses, which we all know about. Shout out. Shout out to Moses. Whoa. In heaven, he's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> but Moses was set apart by God. He was one of the only surviving Hebrew boys of his generation. And he, and he helped deliver the Israelites into the promised land, but it actually wasn't Moses who completed the process. It was Joshua who delivered the Israelites in the promised land. Why is that significant? Well, first, Joshua was raised in the house of Moses. He was raised in the house of Israel. He was raised in the house of God. So he had the DNA. He had the family. He understood that before he was a servant of God, that he was a son of God. And the Bible also said that Joshua was one who dwelled with God. I love this because it makes me think, okay, I'm good, right? <laughs> like, there's people out there who are the most talented. There's people out there who are the most gifted, the strongest. But that's not who God chose. God chose Joshua because Joshua dwelt with God. I want to tell you today, if you want to make an impact, if you want to make a difference in the kingdom, dwell with God. Make him your number one. Make him your priority. No other agenda but God, I worship you. God, I seek you first. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. When you make God your dwelling place, he'll make you his dwelling place. Come on. So, the, so we can fast forward. Let's go to our verse in Joshua. 
So God has called and he's anointed Joshua to begin to take ground for him. So they are crossing over on the Jordan River into the, the territory that God's got for him. So this is a, a little bit of an illustration of what God was doing. So early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left uh, Achaia Grove and arrived at the, look, I'm just going with it, you know. <laughs> Bible college, I did the internship. Shout out to the internship. Liv, maybe we'll get some uh, Bible pronunciation in there. So, arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing, okay? Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp. Next verse. Giving instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Next verse. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Next verse. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leaders in the eyes of the Israelites. They will all know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. And later it goes on to say that they brought the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, first. And that when they brought the Ark of the Covenant forward, that the seas parted, the water parted. And they're able to walk into the land that God had called them to. So my first point is, the Israelites sent the presence of God before them. The presence of God went first. I know as humans, as men, sometimes we've got egos. You know, we, set our, we send ourselves first and then later like, oh God, show up in this, you know? Has anyone ever like, you go to do a job interview, you haven't really prayed about it, but you go do a job interview and you're like, God, bless this thing that I'm doing. And you know, that's cool. God's a good God, you know? He'll, he'll probably bless it. But imagine sending out the presence of God first. Imagine letting him go first. And then you follow behind. I, t I tell you today, when you allow the presence of God to go first, there's not a sea that won't part in his presence. He always splits the sea. He always makes a way where there was no way. He always opens the door. Your birthright as a son and daughter of God is that you could walk through the sea clean, dry, not a drop of water on you. That is the signature of God. Uh, I have a lot of personal stories and testimonies of God opening the, the seas, splitting the seas, opening the doors. Um, but when I was 17 years old, I was praying, God, what, what do you have for my future? I could go to college. You know, I could get a job. Um, I could do the internship. I could, you know, go do a bunch of things. But God, I want your will first. So I prayed what we call, what I call open door prayer, which is like, God, I'm giving it to you. You open that door. You make that obvious. And um, as I was praying, I was just believing God was going to do something. I was in staff meeting. And Pastor Jurgen, we all love Pastor Jurgen, the most encouraging human on the planet. Like, you see me, he's like, what's up, champion? I can't do the accent, but like, you're so amazing, Mike. Like, I love you, you know. I, I sound like I'm from Finding Nemo, like, fish all friends, not food. That's what I sound like right now. But I love Pastor Eugene because he always calls the gold out of you. He always brings what was in there out. And um, 
I was just believing, God, you have to make a way here because you know the way my bank account's set up. You know about my finances. But I know that you've got a call here. So Pastor Jurgen's encouraging, prophesying, and he goes, well, when you graduate, I'm going to pay for your whole internship. And I was like, oh, wow, whoa, that is a open door. That is a C split right there. What did it require of me? Obviously, I had to be faithful, right, with what God has given me, and there's a level of faith. But really, all it required was allowing God to go first, was allowing his presence to be the door opener. It's funny because sometimes we try to open doors and we wonder why we're locked, but it's the door we're opening. Imagine if we opened the door that God was opening in our lives. Imagine if we let him go before us. God is always looking to set up family blessing, generational blessing. I love Abraham as well. Abraham, the, the head of his house, because he praised God the whole way. So the second God had given him the promise, before he saw the fruition, he praised God. He said, God, thank you for what you're doing. He didn't see it, but he praised him. The second thing that God will do is he's going to prepare you for the battle. So later on, we can go to the next section in Joshua. So this is later. They are already in the land. They've taken out Jericho. They've already started to take some ground. And this is the point. This is a very tipping point for them as they are looking to take this land that God has given them. So it says, um, early the next morning, Joshua roused his men and, st and started toward Ai, accompanied by, the, accompanied by the elders of Israel. All the fighting men who were with Joshua marched in front of the town and camped on the north side of Ai, with a valley between them and the town. That night, Joshua sent about 5,000 men to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west of the town. So they stationed the main army north of the town and the ambush west of the town. Joshua himself spent that night in the valley. When the king of Ai saw the Israelites across the valley, he and all his army hurried out early in the morning and attacked the Israelites at a place overlooking the Jordan Valley. But he didn't realize that there was an ambush behind the town. Joshua and the army fled toward the wilderness as though they were badly beaten. So at this point, it looks like they're going to lose. It looks like the L is about to be taken right here. It says, Then all the men in the town were called to chase after them. In this way, they were all leered away from the town. There was not a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not chase after the Israelites, and the town was left wide open. Then the Lord said to Joshua, point the spear in your hand towards Ai, for I will hand the town over to you. Joshua did as he was commanded. That's important. He was obedient to what God asked him to do, even though it didn't look like it was going to make sense. As soon as Joshua gave the signal, all the men in, in the ambush jumped up from their position and poured into town. They quickly captured it and set it on fire. When the men of I looked behind them, smoke from the town was filling the sky, and they had nowhere that, where to go. For the Israelites, who had fled in the direction of the wilderness, now turned on their pursuers. When Joshua and all the other Israelites saw that the ambush had succeeded and that the smoke was rising from the town, they turned and attacked the men of I. Meanwhile, the Israelites who were inside the town came out and attacked the enemy from the rear. So the men of I were caught in the middle with Israelite fighters on both sides. Israel attacked them, and not a single person survived or escaped. Come on, how amazing is that? God gave them strategy as they prepared themselves 
for the battle that he'd given them. They didn't try to do it on their own. They actually sought him and got a strategy. They consecrated themselves to the Lord and got a strategy. I love it because it said no enemy was left. I'm telling you this morning, Salt Lake City, you guys are territory takers. You guys are meant to plunder the land of the enemy and take territory for the kingdom of God. There's a special anointing and impartation that God has given you to take territory. To take territory. My third point is that they went out. They went out. It didn't end at a good idea. It didn't end at, you know what, God, that sounds great. I'm so happy you're going to do that. It ended up, they went out and took the territory. This morning, is God calling you out? Is he calling you to take territory? I'm telling you, you know, there's something beautiful about coming in, encountering the presence of God, being on the sidelines for a season, letting God begin to develop you. But when you go out, you see the power of God move. When you attach your action with the faith, you see the power of God move. Does anybody love the Lord of the Rings here? I love the Lord of the Rings. I love Frodo because he was an unsuspecting character, right? He was a hobbit. So long story short, this man didn't have much height going on. <laughs> However, Frodo had courage. So all the other people around him, these big mighty warriors, they were like, eh, I'm a little scared of Mordor. Frodo decided, I'm going to have courage. I'm going to go out and accomplish the goal. I'm going to go out and conquer evil. Come on, God wants to awaken you to conquer evil this morning, to go out, to go out. He's not looking at your stature. He's not looking at an external appearance, but he's looking at, do you have the faith to step out and throw that ring in the fire just like Frodo did? Are you going to take the territory that God has given you? But all it takes is a willingness. And I'm telling you here, you have incredible pastors. You have incredible leaders team who will love on you, disciple you, who will coach you through that process. We don't do it alone. We do it as a family and as an army. But as you do it, you're going to begin to see fulfillment in your life. Where things were void, where things were empty, you're like, God, I'm trying I'm putting my hand to the plow. I'm working. I'm doing what I should be doing, but I don't feel like I see results. I don't feel like I'm fulfilled. I don't feel like the call of God that's inside of me is being awakened, is being tapped into. I'm telling you, that happens when you step out, when you align it to the call of God in your life. And the last thing I want to just bring in part to us before I welcome Pastor Vince back up is when God anointed Abraham, he changed his name. Why does this matter? He changed his name to father of many. Abraham had no kids at the time. So what that means is he changed his name to the fruit. He changed his name to the vision that God had. He changed his name to the end product, though in front of him, he saw no children. He saw no fruit. God changed his name to the goal that he had for him. I tell you today, God's going to change your name before he changes your circumstance. Come on, I'll say that again. God changes your name before he changes your circumstance. 
Are you afraid? God calls you courageous. Come on, are you fearful? God calls you full of faith. Do you have doubt? God calls you a pioneer. God's going to change some names this morning as people take the, the leap to step into the call of God on their life. All it took was a yes. All it took was a yes. It didn't require the strength. It didn't require the end goal. It just took a yes. This morning, God is going to set you up as a mighty nation. And I'm releasing this prophetic word as well. 2020 was a year of deep wells for Salt Lake City. But 2021 is gonna be a year of releasing for Salt Lake City. It's gonna be a year where the light shines bright. Religion clouds the eyes. But I'm telling you, this year, God's gonna begin to unveil his light through Salt Lake City. Through you guys, through each and every person here. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to to already be there. All you have to do is say yes to God. I can feel his presence in here right now. He's awakening courage. We're all just going to close our eyes. And if you felt like, you know, maybe this is me, I want you to know there's no condemnation for you. God's not upset with you for not stepping up. God's not angry. But God actually does have a vision and a plan for you that's greater than you. Greater than what you could do for or imagine on your own. So with every eye closed, with every head bowed, if you want to step into the territory, if you want to step into the calling that God has for you, I'm just going to ask you with no one looking around, on the count of three, that you just raise your hand. And between you and God, you say, God, I'm willing to take that leap. I'm willing to to step out so I can see you take the battle. So one, don't worry about anyone else. Two, have some courage. Three, if that's you, just go ahead and lift your hand. Come on, I see your, I see hands all over. Your hand, your hand, your hand, your hand, your hand, your hand. I see you in the back. I see you, I see you. Come on, thank you. God is so proud of you. I see you. I see you. And I'm telling you right there, you on the left with the, the beautiful headband, God is going to use you in mighty ways. You have a gift of love on you. I see that you're going to be able to love people so beautifully that's going to allow them to grow into the call of God that they have for your life, for their life. And it's like a flower that's blooming. The people that you love are going to bloom like a flower. I see your hands all over. So we're going to pray really quickly. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for these territory takers. I thank you for these kingdom impactors, God, for these world changers. I thank you right now. You awaken a spirit of a pioneer inside everyone here, God, that you awaken a spirit of Joshua, God, that they wouldn't be afraid, Lord, but that they would take the ground that you have given them, God, that they would enter the promised land, 
that you have assigned to them, that you've allotted them. God, I thank you that they would do it with courage and with grace. They would do it out of your spirit. They wouldn't strive. They wouldn't do it in human wisdom, but from the spirit of God, that there would be transformation in Salt Lake City. We prophesy transformation. I prophesy the city saved. I prophesy the city alive. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy schools filled with the presence of God, buildings filled with the presence of God, this city flooded with the presence of God. And Lord, I thank you that they're not going to be able to recognize themselves a year from today because of the power of God and what you're doing. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.